evening and welcome to the 463rd episode of Travel Witch Radio. I'm your host, Dan Schlossberg, along with my friend and co-host, Mary Ellen Nugent Lee, and this is the 11th season of Travel Witch Radio, the show that lets you enjoy the pleasures of travel from the comfort of your armchair. Every week at this time, we talk to people representing destinations, hotels, airlines, railroads, car rental companies, and others in the world of travel and hospitality, from authors and bloggers to broadcasters and publicists. If it's got anything to do with travel, it's got everything to do with Travel Itch Radio. And tonight, we're very pleased to welcome Brad Barnett of Visit Kawinaw in Michigan. Welcome, Brad, to Travel Itch Radio. Hey, thanks, Dan and Mary Ellen. I appreciate you having me, and by the end of this episode, we're going to get you to pronounce it Keweenaw. Keweenaw. Ah, okay. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> In fact, Mary Ellen asked me off mic, how do you pronounce that word anyway? But now we know. Brad, in the 11 years well, we've a- done Travel Itch Radio, we've never done a Michigan show. So we're pleased to present a national park that most people, including myself, have never even heard of. We're talking about Isle Royale National Park. Isn't it actually a collection of islands? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I guess the uh, the technical term is an uh, archipelago, Dan. Um, mm. So it is a collection of islands. We've got one big main island, uh, about 45 miles long, and then a whole host of smaller islands that uh, make up the, the park. How big is it, Brad, and where is it located? Yeah, so uh, our Royal National Park, uh, again, it's about 45 miles long, uh, the main island, and it's located smack dab in the middle of Lake Superior, uh, so it's about, uh, I'm going to say, 55 miles or so off the coast of uh, the northernmost point of Michigan, uh, so it's pretty remote. It's a destination that takes a little planning to get to, and, uh, and you know, but once you get there, it's well worth your time and trouble. So how do visitors get there, and what do they find when they arrive? Yeah, so, you know, the fun part about uh, our Royal National Park is is it's an adventure, and the adventure begins from the moment you start trying to access the island. So uh, mm-hmm. unlike many of our national park systems in the United States, uh, you can only really get there by boat or by seaplane, right? So you're not going to get off Highway 75 and step out into the park, I can tell you that. Um, you can take a, a, a ferry uh, from a, a, the community of Houghton, Michigan, uh, or Copper Harbor, uh, it'll transport you uh, up there, or you can take a seaplane from the city of Houghton as well. And normally, because I represent the Keweenaw Peninsula, we don't mention it, but you can also take a ferry from uh, the Minnesota side of the lake. Oh, wow. Is it true that the park is seasonal, open only from mid-April till the end of October? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, because it's remote and it's located right in Lake Superior, uh, which is known for some pretty, uh, you know, long winters, uh, you know, they do, they do close down. It's the, uh, I believe it's the only national park in the park system that does have a full stop close. Um, so when it closes down, it's all, you know, people are off the island and there's no visitors going on uh, because Lake Superior can bring some pretty nasty weather during the winter. Um, and so, uh, you know, they go ahead and close up shop, and uh, you just have to wait until mid-April before you can get back on there. Oh, we're talking with Barnett about Isle Royale National Park. Before I forget, Brad, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, was that Lake Superior? Oh, absolutely, yeah. The famous oh, song yeah. that a lot of people hear yeah, sing, that's, yeah, that's Lake Superior. She's pretty gnarly. Uh, 
you know, she can be calm and quiet and lull you to sleep, but then, uh, then you know, she can get up, uh, you know, a little, a little upset and get to rocking. <laughs> it did wind up being a very good song, though. So that that's one thing in its favor. <laughs> yeah, you know, that was a, that was a, a tragic accident for sure, and 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 certainly the song kind of paints it, in a, you know, in a, in a not so positive light. But uh, you know, Lake Superior, she give us and she take us. There's no question about it. It sounds like Isle Royale is a perfect place for nature lovers with hiking trails, inland waterways, lots of wildlife, and something we love at Travel It Radio, peace and quiet. Is that a good description? <laughs> yeah, uh, there, there's no question about it. Uh, our Royal National Park, I mean, it beckons people who want to get out, you know, and, and, and ubiquitous um, natural beauty, right, the outdoors. That's what, what, what calls uh, people to the island again it takes a little bit of planning to get there um, but for people who are looking to escape uh, they love the outdoors they love the bike they love the paddle they love pristine natural beauty then that's what this park uh, and its experiences are really all about I, I like to tell people that if if you cringe a little bit when you think of maybe going to Disneyland then you're probably a good fit for Isle Royal because it's it's quite the opposite right you're not going to find long lines it's quiet. You're more likely to hear the calls of loons, and by loons I mean the the, the wildlife, the birds, <laughs> um, <laughs> than you are other other people. So um, it's it's a really great place to escape. And uh, the other ad- adage I would add to that description is if you really want to disconnect, Dan. So if you you get a little tired mm-hmm. of getting calls on your phones, you know maybe your your kids are getting a little bit too much screen time, and you need that to come to a hard stop. There's no better place to do it than Isle Royal, because guess what? You're not going to have cell service once you get to the island. Wow. If people have to arrive by boat or plane, how much travel time is involved? We hear ferry service ranges anywhere from two to six hours each way. Yeah, yeah. So if you're taking the ferry from Houghton, uh, Houghton, Michigan, then that's, that's a six-hour trip. So it's an investment of time, uh, and that's one way. If you you want to cut that in half, then uh, head on up to Copper Harbor, uh, which is uh, one of the most northern uh, Michigan communities uh, in the state. Uh, then it's going to be about three hours. But if you, you're in a rush or you just want a, a spectacular view, uh, then take the seaplane because uh, then it's only about a 45-minute trip, and uh, you're able to get to the island a slight bit quicker there. Hmm. And how long is the average stay? Yeah, so you know, with with the, with the time that it takes to get to the island, um, you, we find that visitors tend to stay there uh, much longer than maybe an average stay in a national park. So uh, anywhere from three three to five days. Um, mm. So if you really think about it, if you're investing, you know, six hours, you know, by ferry to get to the island, the last thing you want to do is is, is turn around and come right back. So, um, yeah. you know, expect to stay there long. And 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 the, people say that that's you know that's a good length of time to disconnect, uh, fall in love with the island, and, and chances are you'll be coming back. <laughs> and how do people get around on the island? Are automobiles and bicycles allowed? No, well, see, Mary Ellen, and they're kind of old-fashioned. You're only, you know, you're only using your feet. Um, so, uh, you know, if you're getting from from point A to point B, it's it's by foot or it's by uh, by watercraft. So, uh, one of the most popular ways of getting around the island is usually by paddle. Um, so, sea kayaking and canoes. There are uh, small motorboats allowed on the island as, as well as like fishing boats. So, you can get to different parts of the island uh, that way. And I highly recommend anyone that does visit Isle Royal. They take the opportunity to explore the island by boat because it's a great way to get to these different smaller islands at different spots across the, again, a 45-mile 
uh, island. So definitely check it out that way. But yeah, there are no automobiles. There are, there are no cars, um, and certainly uh, no no bikes either. Wow. And since Isle Royale is located in Lake Superior, as we mentioned, are there lighthouses people can explore? And how about shipwrecks too? Since the Great Lakes are notorious for sudden storms. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, Isle Royale because it's in Lake Superior, and Lake Superior has always been. Um, you know, a major transportation hub, and you know, that's even well before, um, you know, Europeans came to the United States and to the Midwest. Um, you know, Native Americans have used uh, uh, Lake Superior as a transportation hub for for as long as people have been around. So, uh, so Isle Royal itself, um, you know, really beginning in the, the early 1830s, 1840s, um, became a, a major transportation hub for fur trading. Um, and so that's mm-hmm. when the island started to see uh, uh, larger ships come in uh, for transportation purposes to to move commodities, and, and that exists and continues on to this to this day. Um, so you'll find several lighthouses uh, at Lake Superior, um, or I'm sorry, at Isle Royal National Park, um, because again, you're trying to make sure those ships you know are able to navigate the waters and not run a, run aground. Um, and uh, so there are four, um, and a few of them you can certainly tour. Uh, and then if you're really interested in maritime history, there's actually 10 uh, listed shipwrecks uh, off the coast of Isle Royale, a uh, popular place for scuba diving because the cold, cold waters of Lake Superior do a fantastic job of preserving those wreckages. So, uh, you know, if you're a scuba enthusiast, uh, you can certainly bring your equipment. We always advise individuals to make sure you're, you know, coming with a guide or a trained specialist, you know, um, and then you can explore some of those shipwrecks. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Brad Barnett about Isle Royale National Park. Brad, tell us about the hotels and restaurants on the island. Yeah, so what, what's neat, I mean, Isle Royale, for those folks who are aware, I mean, a lot of people think of this place as solely for, for backpacking and camping, but that's not the case. Uh, there is a, a lodge uh, on the island located at Rock Harbor, uh, right where you get off the ferry. Um, that has, uh, you know, uh, 80 rooms uh, you know, uh, with, with a lot of amenities that are there. It includes camping cabins and camping cottages as well. Uh, they have a restaurant on site. They actually serve craft beer from the mainland, which is really cool. Hot food, hot pasties, like uh, whitefish and things like that that you can eat. Wonderful amenities there uh, at, uh, at, at the lodge. Uh, great, helpful staff. Uh, you can, from the lodge, rent, uh, again, paddling kayaks and, uh, and motorboats, uh, and, and they also schedule fishing charters from, uh, from the lodge. So we always recommend our guests, you know, even if you're camping, sometimes it's a great way to either start your adventure by staying at night at the lodge, or if you're wrapping up a, you know, 160-mile hike, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> treat yourself to a, to a night at the lodge at the end of your trip just to get that experience. So if you're not comfortable, especially maybe this is your first time to Isle Royal and you, you want to give camping a trial, you're not quite sure, we recommend for people to stay at the lodge first, right? Get a lay of the land, go out on some day hikes, get some great experiences while you're there. Uh, it's a great way, especially if you're a young family and you're just introducing your family to camping and things like that. Um, you know, spend some time at the lodge. Uh, it's one of the few places you might get a little bit of cell phone service while you're there, um, and then <laughs> grab a bite to eat. Especially if you've been eating out of your backpack for several days, you know it's a real treat to get a hot meal, uh, especially uh, Lake Superior caught white fish. It's it's delicious. And what about the campgrounds? How many are there? 
Well, you know, there's about 36 different campgrounds on the island. Um, so, you know, these are rustic campsites, Muriel, and you're not going to find uh, – we're not going to call this glamping, right? You hear a lot of travelers talk mm-hmm. about glamping. No, no RVs uh, that you'll find here. So the, the, uh, the amenities are pretty sparse. There will be uh, the water there, um, but it's not potable, so it hasn't been treated. Uh, you'll have to boil your water or treat it some other way. There are outhouses, uh, and then there are places to sleep, and it's first come, first serve. Um, so, uh, you know, once you get there, um, you know, you, you set up your tent. There are a couple of structures there we call kind of similar to like lean-tos where you can put a cot uh, and sleep if there's inclement weather and rain. Uh, but uh, those are also first-come, first-served. Uh, but they're all over the island. And some of these campgrounds are only accessible by, by paddlecraft or watercraft. So uh, they're spread out. Um, you have to, in many cases, as you trek and backpack across the island, across the 165 miles of incredible hiking trails, um, you'll see campsites scattered throughout the island. So as you're visiting, you're planning your experience, and a lot of times what you're doing is is you're saying, all right, how far am I going to be able to hike today? And that's where we're ultimately going to camp. So you plan your trip based on uh, your your hiking speed uh, and where the, where the closest campground is going to be. Oh, cool. With limited capacity for overnight guests, how far in advance should visitors book reservations? In fact, should they even be thinking about 2023, especially Memorial Day, July 4th, or Labor Day weekend? Yeah, you, you got it there, Dan. So if you're looking for, if you've got a prime time, if you're saying I need to be on the island during this, you know, specific time of year, we encourage visitors to at least look out six months in advance. Um, so mm-hmm. between four, four and six months, to make sure you, if you're staying at the lodge, you get you get the spot that you want to get at. Um, so. You know, if you're willing to go in the shoulder seasons, you can you can cut that back a little bit, you know, and plan a couple months out. Uh, but I, personally, I'm planning a trip uh, to the island in, in mid-August, and uh, I, I just got the last uh, few spots on the ferry from Hope. So really, sometimes the bottleneck uh, isn't isn't as much as it is on the lodging side, although that's critically important, of course. It's getting to the island. So sometimes your ferry systems and your sea plans get booked up. So um, because mm-hmm. of those transportation quirks, um, you, you really need to book out in advance. Um, we, you know, we've seen a, you know, an uptick in interest uh, at Isle Royal, right? So more and more people are hearing about this uh, incredible destination. Um, so if you want those spots, especially you know, at the lodge, you need to make sure you book out in advance. Mm-hmm. And Brad, what kind of wildlife can people see on Isle Royale? Uh, you know, it's, we always say that once you get out on the trail, you're more likely to see a moose than another person. Um, and so, you know, yeah. So if you if you love moose, right, this is this is your place to go. I, I was on the island last summer, and even in Rock Harbor, as you're walking out of the lodge, there was a young bull moose that we kept running into. So, uh, you know, they're they're abundant. You got to be careful. So, but it's, it's quite the treat to see moose, and boy, are they they are they can get large. So, moose are really popular. Um, gray wolves, um, you may see them. They are certainly oh. there, uh, but uh, you, usually you don't see them unless they want you to see them. Um, so it's usually at a distance, and of course they can smell and hear you and well before you ever have a chance to see them. So, but there is a chance that you can check those out. Um, you'll see as you hike the trails, uh, red foxes, beaver, um, you know, uh, otters even, especially near the lakeshore. Uh, so oh, it's really cool on. to see that sort of wildlife. But you know, the other thing that's really, really cool is the is the is the bird of uh, the you know the birds that you'll see, um, bald eagles, uh, golden eagles, um, different oh. types of hawks. 
it's incredible. I mean, the wildlife there is just abundant. And, you know, as you're walking, there's so many inland lakes that you'll see, you know, different species of ducks and loons. Uh, it's just, you know, mm-hmm. if you love interactions with wildlife, um, this is a great place to experience it. Well, to our listeners, you're listening to Travel Watch Radio with Dan Schlossberg and Mary Ellen Nugent-Lee. We're on iTunes, blogtalkradio.com, and Facebook. Check out the archive show at your convenience. And we're talking with Brad Barnett about Isle Royale National Park. Brad, since the place is surrounded by water, what kinds of edible fish can be caught in Lake Superior? All right. Yeah, you're on my topic now. I love seafood. Probably the most popular are going to be walleye, uh, lake whitefish. Um, you'll see different types of salmon, lake trout. Uh, lake Superior is known for incredible quality of fish, and it's the cool water, the deep cool water of Lake Superior that actually make the you know the fish a little bit hardier. Um, so uh, you know you can go out there and catch it. There are charters from Rock Harbor Lodge. Um, individuals who have personal watercraft that are able to make the 50 or so mile journey out there, they can also go out and fish. Um, so it's great, great popular space uh, place to catch uh, something you know, tasty there. Can visitors make a day trip to Isle Royale, or do you really recommend a longer stay? Yeah, we, we get that question a lot, Mary Ellen. And, and, and while you certainly can make a day trip of it, especially if you take the seaplane out of Houghton, um, you, we always recommend to stay a couple of days. Uh, you know, if you're taking the ferry, it's a, it's a long haul to get there. And so you really want to get the most uh, the most bang for your buck, so to speak. Now, it's not expensive once you're on the I mean, It's only like a seven, <laughs> $7 access fee uh, per night uh, once you're on the island. So you're not going to break the bank there. But uh, certainly, if you want to get the experience and truly disconnect, you got to stay a couple of days. And, and, and part of that, too, is if you're taking the ferry uh, and you're playing it, sometimes the ferry you know, from Houghton only comes a couple of days a week, right? So if you take the ferry on Tuesday, uh, you may not be able to catch it again until Friday. Um, so uh, the, copper out, uh, the ferry out of Copper Harbor does during the peak season go daily, so you do have that option, but even that's a three-day adventure so, or three-hour adventure, so I would extend it out a little bit longer than that. Mm-hmm. If out-of-towners want to plan a visit, what would be their main air gateway on the mainland? Yep. So the great thing is, is uh, the community of Houghton, we do have a, a community airport. Uh, it's called Houghton County Memorial Airport. Call sign is CMX, uh, and that has direct flights from Chicago O'Hare. Uh, so really, you can get you know I- I- anywhere in the country. Go ahead. You can get uh, you know fly through Chicago O'Hare and then take a 45-minute flight into Houghton, and then you're at the base camp, if you will, for our oil. National Geographic gave Isle Royale a boost last year by placing it on their best of the world list. Please share. Yeah, that's 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 press you can't buy, Dan. <laughs> so yeah. um, that was that 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 was big. And uh, you know you know Isle Royale, what makes it special? It's it it it's really one of the least visited national parks. Uh, certainly in the lower 48. There are so, there are several national parks um, in uh, in Alaska. Uh, they get fewer visitors, and, and it looks like this, this past year we were we had another park out in Washington State that had fewer visitors than our Royal. But there, you only get about 20,000 visitors a year, at, even at its peak. Um, so, so not a lot. You can actually you can benchmark that compared to the to the Smokies, and they get I think 14 million, right? So 20,000 versus 14 million a year, right? There's a pretty substantial difference there. But when you get some 
press like you get from uh, National Geographic, that means something because they're not doing that because, you know, they got paid or anything like that. Uh, it's because, you know, it, it, it's, you know, it, it means it. And so, you know, that came out, of course, during the, you know, 2020, 2021, where a lot of play people were looking for remote uh, destinations because of the pandemic. And, uh, and so I think that checked a lot of boxes off, you know, when we're talking about the amenities and the quality and the experiences that the island has to offer. We're talking with Brad Barnett about Isle Royale National Park. Now, Brad, let's do the park by the numbers. How many islands, how many acres, how many lighthouses, how many miles of trails, for example? Give us some some stats. All right. Fast facts. I love numbers, so this is, this is right up my alley. Uh, there's 165 miles of hiking trails in Isle Royale, mm-hmm. so you can come back again and again and again, and trust me, you can always hike another trail. Uh, there are four lighthouses uh, around the island, again, speaking back to the transportation history and maritime history of the island. Um, you know, in terms of islands, number of islands, right? Again, there's the one main island that's 45 miles long, but there's about 450 other islands that make up our Royal National Park, right? So that if you've got a paddle or a motorboat, that's a lot of exploring to do, a lot of rocky shoreline. Uh, there's about 850 square miles that encompass the park, some of that. Um, is is underwater to be fair, but it's about 850 square miles in terms of total surface area. Uh, and again, we go to visitation. Uh, about 20,000 visitors were its peak in 2021, um, up from uh, a record back in 2019 of about 19,000 visitors. So even though we got all that great publicity, Dan and Mary Ellen, uh, back in 2020, uh, we only really got about a thousand visitor bump <laughs> so when it was all said and done from the previous record of 2019. So uh, I think that continuity will continue, though, and that momentum will continue to build. But, again, the island's remoteness and, again, the, the, the adventure of getting to the island, right, really precludes it from ever really getting overrun by visitors, which is really becoming an issue in many other national parks in the park system. Oh, yeah. Thank goodness. And we'd also like to hear about Keweenaw. Can I say this again? Keweenaw? Queen, you got it. You got it right the first time. Keweenaw, right? Keweenaw so, yeah. Peninsula, and despite its name, isn't it actually an island? It, technically, it is. Technically, it is right. So, from the city of Houghton, uh, which is on the mainland of Michigan's Upper Peninsula, the only way to ac- uh, access the northern portion of the Keweenaw Peninsula is by a bridge, the Portage Lake Lift Bridge, um, which um, it, you know crosses over into a, an adjacent community of Hancock. So. The, the 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 peninsula itself is actually cut in half by the Keweenaw Waterway, um, mm-hmm. which technically makes it an island because it's surrounded by Lake Superior on the rest of its sides. Mm. So uh, it's near Michigan's Upper Peninsula, right? How close is it? Yeah, well, it's part. Yeah, so it's the it's only uh, it's connected by a land bridge. So it, I technically, get it. it's yeah, it's only you know I would say a, maybe a, a football field or two away from the mainland, mainland of Woo! the Upper Peninsula. Yeah. <laughs> and how much shoreline is located on Keweenaw Peninsula? Are there any good swimming beaches? I'm telling you, yeah, it's swimming. This is a swimming mecca up here. And, you know, we had oh. a, I was at a, a local beach we got a, a yesterday, and, you know, we have about 150 miles of Lake Superior shoreline, and I saw two people at the beach and I was like, Wow, we're getting crowded, Mary Ellen. We better you know, we need to we need to find a new cigarette spot. But uh but you got you got sandy shorelines, you got rocky shorelines, the water is 
crystal clear and and we had a we had a warm day the other day of about 90 degrees and uh we jumping in the lake was really refreshing i can tell you that oh i'll bet we're talking with brad barnett about isle royale national park and i've been told to jump in the lake many times in my life so what? i wouldn't be the first time <laughs> Brad, would you say it's a recreational paradise in summer for people in kayaks, canoes, sailboats, jet skiers, or small vessels of every size and description? You got it. You got it. I mean, what's with awesome Lake Superior is a great place for paddlers. And, and the Keweenaw, we've got, you know, again, a lot of beach beach shorelines and plenty of inland lakes, too. So we've got a lot of different inland lakes that are a little bit calmer, warm up a little bit faster than Lake Superior, which is great for, you know, small boats and jet skis and paddling if you're looking for a scenic experience. But the one water experience you don't want to sleep on is the Keweenaw Waterway, which runs between the two communities of Houghton and Hancock. So the great thing is, is you can go out there and paddle, uh, you know, ride a boat, and you're literally right downtown in two historic communities. So you can jump off your boat and hit a restaurant or a brewery while you're at it. Oh, fantastic. Obviously, Keweenaw Peninsula is open in winter too, Brad. Do you get your share of skiers and snowmobilers? Certainly we do. Uh, and if you're a snow sports enthusiast in the Midwest, this is the place to go. We get about – 270 or so inches of snow each winter. That's that, that uh, Lake Superior snow machine that cranks out powdery snow. Uh, and we've got uh, about 170 or so miles of snowmobile trail that's groomed to perfection and, and two downhill ski areas. One is a resort called Mount Bohemia. It's consistently listed as one of the top ski resorts uh, in North America by readers of USA Today. Uh, certainly check it out. And again, that's all man-made or, or, or Lake Superior-made snow. There's no man-made snow. That's just uh, all the natural stuff that's put off there by uh, Lake Superior. Oh, and Brad, tell us a little bit about the history of the area. We hear it was once a copper mining capital, and there are a number of historical sites preserved for visitors. Yep, the Keweenaw was home to uh, the United States, one of the first mineral booms, booms in the United States, and today it's represented by uh, and, and really preserved by the Keweenaw National Historic Park. So there are two national parks in the Keweenaw, Royal and, and, the, and the Historic Park, located in Calumet, with uh, 21 heritage sites that pay tribute to uh, the copper mining, the booms, and the bust, and the legacy of that, uh, and its impacts today on the people and the lands of the area. Hmm. And how do Travelitch Radio listeners learn more about Isle Royale National Park, the Keweenaw Peninsula, and northern Michigan? Yeah, the best place to go is you got to visit our website. It's visitkeweenaw.com, and uh, Keweenaw is spelled K-E-W-E-E-N-A-W.com. It's a great place. We've got travel tips. We've got blogs. We've got guides. We've got maps. Great place to explore and, uh, and see what there is to do in the Keweenaw Peninsula and, uh, you know, and see some, some of the beauty of the Midwest. Definitely check it out. Mm. Our special guest tonight has been Brad Barnett of Visit Keweenaw in the great state of Michigan. Thank you for being our guest on Travelers Radio. Hey, I appreciate your time, Dan and Marianne. Thanks for having me. And one of these days we're going to get you up to the Keweenaw Peninsula in Isle Royal. I can guarantee you that. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. That sounds great. We, we love it. And listeners, with the All-Star Game approaching, there's no time like the present to curl up with a good book. On the good old days, when the only strikes occurred between the white lines. So check out my book, The New Baseball Bible, Notes, Nuggets, Lists, and Legends, 
from our national pastime, 480 pages for less than a saw buck. It's both a coffee table book and a bathroom book. Read it backwards and still enjoy it. That's the new baseball Bible with Mike Trout on the cover. Get it tonight on Amazon.com. And that's it for this edition of Travel Witch Radio. Next week, same time, same station, same writers, same announcers. We'll head to San Diego and talk to Robert Ahrens about the Lodge at Torrey Pines and other. Now, this is Dan Schlossberg, along with my beautiful and talented co-host, Marielle Nugent Lee, saying thank you for your time this time. Until next time, good night and stay safe.